Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald, and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to find two things in this feed in this season. You're going to find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois, and you're going to find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good with Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly, and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're going to find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. Why don't you turn in your Bible if you have one to the book of Isaiah in chapter 55. Uh, We're going to finish. We've been studying that at the beginning of this year. Um, And I'm uh, excited about what we have in front of us. Um, If you are new to the church, which a bunch of people are new, it's wonderful. Uh, Right after the service today, for just a short little window of time, we're having what we call a member meeting. We do it twice a year. It's just because when we gather, we want to have church. Uh, And so we block off a little time to talk about how the church is doing. We would love for you to participate that and to say, yeah, this is the church that I want to be part of. There's cards over here on the table. We have these great member books. We would love for you to participate in it. That's right after the service. I will remind you. End of announcements. Uh, Isaiah chapter 55, the message today is called Stop Thinking, which uh, might be a little counterintuitive to you. Uh, I spend a lot of time with my kids and around their friends while they're playing sports, and oftentimes their biggest challenge is they practice and practice and practice and practice, and then they get into the game, and they kind of like psych themselves out, and they don't play the way that they've trained to play. I don't know how it works for you, but uh, sometimes if I have an important conversation with someone in my life, I think about it. Do you ever do this where you think about what I'm going to say, 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 and then inevitably when the the moment comes, it all goes like different and it never goes exactly the way that I want. Right, Rick? Rick's laughing. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, the, The last part of Isaiah 55 goes like this. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to be empty, but it shall accomplish that for which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for that which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle and it shall make a name for the Lord and an everlasting sign that shall be not cut off. Put as plainly as possible, the prophet says here, people don't act and think like God. They are not capable of thinking and acting the way that God is. The thoughts of an almighty God who created the world, controls the history of nations, and the plans of what will happen to each person has a perspective that is far beyond the realm of human comprehension. In addition, the gracious and compassionate ways of God who is perfectly sinless yet willing to love is beyond anything that any human being could ever imagine. 
So I want to try to help us today by improving your life by stopping the thought that I can figure it all out or I can understand why things are happening the way they're happening or that I have it inside of my brain to figure out how to fix it. That may not sound like it's an encouragement, but it's actually a really awesome one. So he starts like this. He says, uh, I read this to you, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I brought a couple things for you to write down that might be helpful with, this is the first one. Our thinking is flawed. With God, it's correct. Our thinking is flawed. We can't see the full picture of how to get from here to there in most of the problems that we're facing. Uh, this is a theme that's all over the Bible. In Proverbs chapter uh, 16, the writer of Proverbs says, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. I'll just pause on that. Have you noticed that? Like, His point is, everybody thinks that they're doing the right thing. Everybody thinks that their way of thinking is the right thing. The reason why there's so much friction uh, between teenagers and their parents is because teenagers are sure that what they want to wear is the right thing to wear and where they want to go is the right thing. Oh my goodness, there's just like all over the room. People are looking side-eyed at each other. All It's because both people are like, no, no, my way is the right way. Why? There's so much friction often between men and women in marriage because he's sure that his way is the, the pure and right way. She's sure that his way, her way is the right way and there's this friction that comes. The writer of Proverbs gets at it again when he says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The way that you got wherever you are, in all likelihood, is because you thought you were going a direction that was going to make things better in your life. You thought, this job, these people, uh, this education, this relationship, this is going to get me where I want to go. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, how did I get over here? It's because there's a way that seems right to a person, but its way is the end of death. So the point is that our thoughts, uh, our brains are not able to comprehend all of the realities of a holy God. Here, uh, Travell, come on, you're, come on, buddy. You and you and Harlan were in this room for just a second. Uh, I saw my friend Travell this morning walking in. I hope this isn't offensive to anyone, but. This girl, I, I think she's got to be the cutest little kid in this church. She's, come on, come on, come on. And uh, this family's very special to me because the first time I met them, the first time they came uh, to Good News, uh, Harlem was, uh, her mom was, shall we say, great with child. The first time I ever met them. And now this beautiful little girl. Hey, sweetie, how are you? Now, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, I see mommy out there, too. Now, here's the thing. Uh, her sweet parents aren't perfect. But their ways of understanding the world are higher than this little girl's, right? They can understand things about why we don't touch that knob, why we have to go to bed, why we can't just watch Bluey all day long. They can, they can understand things. See, that was contextual. Did you see that? Her parents can understand things that she can't understand. Now, this doesn't mean 
This is the key part, I think. This doesn't mean that there's something wrong with her. She's right where she's supposed to be. Kids aren't supposed to understand everything that their parents can understand. This is why they need parents. And the goal is that soon enough, she's going to grow and grow and grow, and her faith is going to be made her own. And then you get to that part where, like, you won't be able to figure out how to get the football game on the TV anymore, and you'll have to call her in from the other room to be like, can you help me? Like, I just can't. That's usually the first thing that goes is that part for some reason. But see, it's not that different with us. It's not like uh, we're so foolish and bad. God's ways are higher than our ways. No, it's that he's a good God who loves us. And he, we're right where we're supposed to be. Trying to navigate the world. And so like sometimes um, we come to God with things about the world or about the way that our faith works as we understand it that really bother us. Uh, I had a wonderful conversation with someone this week who's trying to like figure out how to fit together some of the pieces that don't fit together. And one of the things that's hard about that is oftentimes, depending on what your church background is like, people have experienced church to be a place that's like, don't be bothered by anything, don't ask questions, just come on, let's sing the chorus again a little louder, come on, let's go which is a really, frankly, foolish way to operate. Um, so like, people have questions, you know, things like this. Like, some people are like, how could, a, how could a God of love send people to hell? It bothers me. Why do good people suffer? Why do I read the Bible sometimes and it sounds like the way the world got anti-women is because the Bible it sort of feels like sometimes when I read it, the Bible is kind of anti-women. And so, like, we have kind of an op- a, a choice when we come to those kinds of questions. Now, there's some people that are blessed uh, with the gift from God of simple faith where they have full trust and these kinds of things don't bother them. And those people aren't to be looked down on or to be, like, told to be bothered. Some people, they just don't, their brain doesn't work like that. They're just like, I'm not bothered by it. But we have sort of two options. Uh, our one option is um, we can try to come up with a good answer. I'm going to tell you the straight truth. You can learn all kinds of things, but you're not going to find like a sentence that you can read where all of a sudden it isn't going to bother you anymore. I mean, my best, I'll just try just for fun because we're here. Um, a God of love uh, sends people to hell because his love isn't meaningful unless something, it costs something to receive it. He's also a God of justice. And the amazing, I would suggest maybe that the amazing thing isn't that a loving God sends someone to hell. The amazing thing is that a loving God allows any sinner to be saved at all, would be my suggestion. The reason why good people suffer is because our American culture makes us feel like suffering is evidence of God's punishment when actually suffering is God's evidence of love because he is never more powerful in us than when people around us see him, love, and trust him even when things aren't going our way. Uh, The Bible sounds anti-women because it's often translated in old-sounding English. It doesn't have the same sensibilities of people in the 2020s. The Bible is radically pro-women for the time that it's written, and there's a bunch of other things we could talk about. 
My answers don't even matter. Those are partial. They're okay answers. They're the best answers I could come up with. But the point is, what God would say to us sometimes is, here's the thing. My thoughts, they're higher than your thoughts. I just know I can see in a way that you can't see. I can, I can understand in a way that you can understand. In fact, here's the way he just chooses to describe it. The difference between our thinking and God's thinking is the difference between the distance from the heaven to the earth. So are the stars far away from the ground? That's how far his ways are from our ways. Now that sounds like kind of a little braggy or whatever, but you're like, well, I mean, he made the stars, made the ground. I mean, I guess if anybody... My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts from your thoughts. So the reason why this can be good news is I don't have to go round and round and round and round. Do you have a hammer back there? I don't even understand like what, what could happen that would make that much noise. Okay, no problem. So... We don't have to try uh, to come up with good answers for every single uncertainty that we face because there's a God who has answers for every uncertainty that we face. That's good news. The text continues. Um, he says, so as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth making it spring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That whole verse, he's building up an example. So you know this. This is all stuff we understand. The snow is on the ground right now. When it melts, does it go back up into the sky? No, it's going to, all of a sudden, you're going to be walking outside and there won't be any snow and you're going to step on like some mud that's going to ruin those sneakers that you got for Christmas because it just stays to water the ground. And the, reason, the water gets to the ground, and this is, we're going to be sitting, a lot of us, Lord willing, all of us, in this room when every one of the trees that I can see right now is filled with beautiful green leaves, and we can't wait to go stand outside again. And the way that comes is from the water. Do you see it? So just like the water comes down from heaven, he says in verse 11, in the same way, my word that goes out from my mouth, it doesn't return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for that which I sent it. Those two verses are an analogy where God is saying this, what I want to happen, happens. As sure as you can be that rain comes from the sky and waters the earth and the cycle of creation continues, that's how sure that you can be that what I want to happen, happens. It says to me a second thing, uh, our ability is unreliable, with God, it's complete. How does rain and water come down unrelentingly? It brings fertility to the ground and reliably comes every winter, fall, summer, spring in the cycle that it's supposed to be. We see this in the scripture. Uh, like the third verse in the Bible, God says, let there be light. And the next part, it says, there was light. God's words are God's will and they are unstoppable. We struggle to follow through on making happen all the things that we want to make happen. Can I get a witness anywhere in the room? We, 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 we want to make things happen, but we struggle to make them happen. It's like, um, 
Remember this? Do you remember when, uh, maybe you know this, maybe you don't remember, when Michael Scott like, said his plan was he was going to be a millionaire by the time he was 30? Uh, but he wasn't. And then he thought when he was 30, I'll for sure be a millionaire by the time I'm 40. And then he, but actually, I had less money when I was 40 than when I was 30. It was his, his testimony. This happens to a lot of us. I set out and I want my life to be this way. I want to accomplish this purpose. I want to go after this task. But so often, it doesn't happen the way that I want it to happen. Uh, our country is, is founded on this, like, idea of with liberty and justice for all. Awesome ideal, right? I love it. I love this idea. With liberty and justice for all. Awesome idea. Liberty and justice for all. Awesome idea. But then so often you see like, and once your eyes start seeing it, you can't unsee it, how many ways this great country that we live in falls short of its ideal. So the idea on paper, we're all like everybody, oh, amazing. Liberty and justice for all. Awesome. But then you see things like this. I saw this this week and this made me think of it. Uh, this is uh, kindergartners and their uh, math scores in kindergarten. And they're perfectly organized by how much money uh, their parents have. So the more money uh, a parent has, the better kindergartners are testing when they're tested for math. Okay, we're not going to be able in the purview of the sermon to determine all of those reasons. But things like this don't say liberty and justice for all achieved. They say Something's broken somewhere. We can't personally, you can take that down, we can't personally achieve all the things we want to achieve. The, the country that we're part of can't achieve all the things that we want to achieve. Sometimes we're tempted to think that uh, it's, if we can just, and this, our culture does this, if we can just throw enough expertise and money at a problem, we can solve it. And then uh, you see things like the, the the Bears just can never find a better quarterback than the quarterback the Packers have, like for a thousand years. Like, look at this. I don't know if you've ever seen this or not. This is a. Uh... That's like the last 30. Man, I was so happy when the Packers lost last night. I thought tomorrow's going to be a good morning in church. Everyone's coming with praise. Just those two jerks. And. What does it say? We just, we're people, we're fragile. We can only get done like a few things and they're always, they're partial, they're not complete. They're like, I was trying to fast, I'm sort of fasting, I'm forgetting, I like was, it's just, but God's not like that at all. When he wants something to happen, light, there was light. When he sent his son to die, live a perfect life and die for the sins of the world, it happened exactly as he wanted it to happen. What's the point? The point is this. If I can think about it right, it is really good news that my ability to have self-control enough to do a great job with my life is not the thing that I need to trust in. The thing that I can trust in is I'm bringing my best. I'm bringing my, I was saying this morning, I'm bringing my fragile offering to God every week when I get here. But there is a God who is easily able to fill the gap of what I can't do. This is great news for those of us who are trying to raise kids. 
You're trying to raise kids, and you're like, I'm giving it my best, and it often feels like I'm not coming close to giving them anything, everything that they need. Can I get a witness anywhere in the room? This is so true when you're, I'm trying to work and, and build this business or do this job or care for this ailing parent or figure out how to, like, there's all these broken pieces, and I wish that I could go back and do a whole bunch of this stuff in my life differently, but I can't, but I'm right here, and I want to honor God now. And here's the awesome news today. It is really good news if you can grab onto it. When God wants things to happen, they happen. And so your fragile ability to obey is not going to ruin God's purposes in your life, in your family, and in your work. The third part is also really great news. So last two verses of Isaiah 55, it says this. He's turning now and he's talking about the future. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the Mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come cypress, instead of the briar shall come myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Third thing, uh, our future is scary, but with God it's certain. Our future can be really... uh, I have people in my life that are trying to figure out where to go to college. I have people in my life that are trying to transition to the next job. I have people in my life that are trying to love someone well as their life is slowly ending through sickness. And often, I don't know if you ever feel this way, often it's kind of like, I have enough faith to be here right now, but like, I, I don't know that I got enough faith for like whatever's out there to come. I got faith for right here, but I don't know what's out there. Here's what God is saying. If you are with God in relationship with God and trusting with God. I love this. He says, you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. I, uh, last couple weeks, have really enjoyed the little interchanges that I have with everybody as they walk in. Because nobody's really going out with joy. I mean, congrats. Full house this morning. A lot of people came to church, but everyone's kind of got that like, my stupid sister lives in Florida. I was texting me. I had a picture of the You can be out, but not be out in joy. You can be marching forward, but not marching forward in peace. Do you see the difference? Uh, he says, I love this. This is what your future is like, friend. As you're going through into the future of where God is taking you past this life and into the life to come, Instead, uh, the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. i got to be honest, this sounded a little uh, like kind of creepy Pixar to me. I actually went to that AI thing, you know, I love goofing around. I said, show me what this looks like if the mountains and the hills are going before you and singing. I thought this was... <laughs> that does not feel like God's blessing to me. That feels very... Who's creeped out a little bit? Creeped out, creeped out, yeah, okay. The point, um, take it down, yeah, okay. The point is, how blessed is a person when even creation itself is giving them the message that you are loved and known and blessed and safe and secure? Imagine if you could say, It feels like the trees and the mountains and the hills and the leaves and the sunset is saying right out to me, we got this, God's got this, 
come on, we got this. This is, it's a picture of our eternal future in Jesus. He, in that last verse, describes, it's hard for us to get these analogies, but he's saying, instead of a thorn bush, a beautiful tree, instead of a nasty little thing, a, a giant thing, and the point is that it's going to make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. The point is, because God's ways are higher than your ways, and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and his ability to, com- to complete the tasks that he wants is total, your eternal future is secure. So we're stuck... Uh, here in, we're stuck in time. So we're really pretty kind of focused on this day, this week, this month, this year. But for a lot of people, and it increases for a lot of people as they get older, there's this other nagging sense of this life we're living right now isn't all there is. Like as sure as I feel about anything, I feel sure that there's something out ahead after we die that we just We know some about from the Bible, but we don't know everything about. And when you're young, like I used to be, you don't think about it at all, right? You're just like living for right here. And then as time goes by, am I telling the truth? You start thinking about, I don't know how much time is left. Now, Kristen's sweet grandmother, who I've told you about before, was telling us when we saw her at Thanksgiving or Christmas, I can't remember which one, that where she's at in life in her mid-90s, almost everybody that she knows is dead. And so her like, calendar is just slowly less funerals to go to because there's nobody left. And so she is so, but here's the cool part, she is so aware that there's a day when she's going to close her eyes and she's going to open her eyes and she is going to see Jesus face to face, face to face. And as time goes through life, her faith is growing in its certainty. This is why we don't have to walk into the future with dread. What is your eternal future? Your eternal future, as pictured here in these last two verses, is first uh, safety. To go out in joy and to be led forth in peace is a picture of your eternal future that when uh, God paints a picture for us in the scripture of what heaven is like, that's what I'm trying to talk about, what heaven is like. It's a place where every tear is wiped from our eyes and all the stuff that frustrates us and is broken doesn't exist anymore. There's no more sickness. There's no more strife between people. There's no more, I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but I just got that depression thing. All that is gone, and there's safety. Just imagine how you would sleep and how you would breathe and how you would live if you knew that you were completely and totally secure. Uh, We also see a picture of beauty. That's what's going on there with the picture about the hills and the trees singing. There's a picture there of restoration, of God bringing things back to the way that they used to be. And there is also a picture of permanence. That one of the things I find uh, challenging about life as you get older is everything feels so fleeting. Like this is a really good, right now is really good being in this room with you all. But soon it'll be over. 
And then it's the next thing, and then it's the next thing, and then it's the next thing. And it feels like just about the time you figure out, like, your kids in one little era of time, they change, and it's a new thing, and now you got to figure it out again. And just about the time you, you find, like, a, I just, you really like this jacket, the people in your life are like, ah, eh, it's kind of out of vibe anymore. You shouldn't be wearing that thing. And it just feels like everything is so fleeting all the time. But when we make it to eternity, it's just permanence and calm. And so the reason why we're painting this picture at the end of this text is this. What I see in this uh, passage from Isaiah written a long time ago is a beautiful opportunity for each one of the people in this room and anyone who can hear my voice right now. And the beautiful opportunity is this. So much of the unhappiness that we carry day to day comes from the thought that I have to figure out how to fix the problems in my life, one. But what happens to the way that I view the problems in my life if I see God's thoughts as higher than my thoughts and his ways higher than my ways? It gets me out of that. The paralyzing question that so many people fall on is the why question. Why do I live in this climate? Why do I have this metabolism or issue with my body? Why is my child the one struggling with this? Why, why, why? And the why question yields almost no fruit or answers. It keeps us just sort of like spinning around and stuck. The why question is answered by this. There's a God who loves you, and he's allowed this. And that's not, I'm not saying it like uh, towards the idea of turning your questioning off. But it's the only way to get off the carousel of nonstop thinking. Why, 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 why? There's a God who loves you and he's allowed it. That's why. And then the second part is this, I'm trying to figure out how to pull the money together for the down payment. Try to figure out how to get enough money together to retire. Trying to figure out how to... Master this new way of communicating so that this one person in my life that is challenging, we can have more peace. Try to figure out the perfect words to say to unlock and then unfreeze the frozenness between my spouse and I that's been going on for a long time. So much, we're trying to figure out the just the right way. And so often, then, it still doesn't work out the way that we want. So this is not permission from this text to not try. It's not permission to just be like, ah, well, whatever. We uh, live better, I think, when we do our best and always acknowledge that the only way it's going to work out is if God does his part. So I'm going to love these kids the best way I can, but God's going to do his part. I'm going to work as hard as I can at work today, but God's going to have to do his part. I'm praying towards I need another job to replace the income that I've lost, and the part that I can do is look and put the applications in and do the part that I can do, and then I can pray and say, God, I need you to do the part that you can do. And then this third part is hard for a lot of us, really hard for me. As long as I'm focused on needing life to make sense here on earth right now, I'm going to be frustrated because it's not going to. It's not ever going to be like, oh, like I, the day your child gets married to this beautiful person and who would have believed it, but Taylor Swift showed up to play at the reception. It's the best day that you can possibly fathom in your life ever existing. You're still going to always have a little bit of that. I just, there's just something more 
We were made like that because we're not home yet. We're not supposed to feel completely comfortable in our skin and in this place because until we have made it to heaven to meet Jesus face to face and this life is over, we are still on our way somewhere. We haven't arrived yet. And so much joy can flood into your life if you're like, today's this day, but it's not the day that I'm waiting for that's still out ahead. Do you see? So I want to just finish with a question and then I know we got to get to the member meeting and the other things. This is a simple question, but I just want to press it on to you. And we're not going to sing. We're just going to reflect for a second, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to be done. Do I trust God's ways or mine? Is that, am I trusting God's ways, or am I trusting my ways? Maybe just bow your head for a sec. Gather that up to your heart. Do I trust God's ways or do I trust my ways? Great God of the universe, I, uh, pray that we hear a heart of love in the truth that your ways are above ours and your thoughts are above ours and your ability is above ours. You're God. That's why we came to sing to you today is because you're God and we're not. But I know that when we can think about that properly, it makes us feel loved and safe and secure. And so I'm just praying for every person today. Lord, you know what every person in this room is feeling and facing and fighting and trying to figure out. And I want to pray that you would overwhelm them with the reality that you are with them and that you have good plans for them in the future. I pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree, please say amen. Why don't you stay at your feet? This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.